So hi, one of the Good Noise Podcast. I'm Shane. I'm Glory. And we're here with... Jager from Thornhill, baby. And we're going to ask them some questions today about their upcoming album, Heroin. So congrats on that, by the way. How do you feel about the response Thank to the announcement you. so far? Um, it's, it's mixed, as you can imagine, when you do a bit of a shift. Um, but for the most part, I think people are pretty excited. And I'm, I'm very excited to show people what the context of the album is like compared to what the singles are like. So I'm very keen for people to hear it as a whole. Because I genuinely think that we're kind of, we're an album band. We like to pride ourselves on the full experience. And I think it's a very important thing um, for us. And so I'm very keen to see how that goes. Hell yeah. Sure. The album was album super banged. cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, so you guys have heard it. Give mm-hmm. me the goss. Tell me what's going on. It was just really good, insanely good. It flowed really well. I'm just, I'm a fan. Mm-hmm. Casanova is so my much. favorite song. That. Easily. Casanova is your favorite song. Are we giving yeah. favorite Give me your face. Yeah, give me face. God, okay. Let me. has got to pull up the stream. <laughs> Shut up. No way. It was actually Casanova as well. I have it open right now because I replayed it. I don't believe you. You guys just reading off the singles to me. It's just fake <laughs> no. I, I will give you a screenshot. I listened to it at 7.30 this morning. Sweet <laughs> Lord. It, it was definitely oh, Casanova. God, man. That's safe. <laughs> uh, so I appreciate it. it. Oh, of course. Uh, is there any meaning behind the album title or cover art? Um, so the cover art, oh, the cover art was probably the biggest nightmare of my entire life. Um, it was really hard during lockdown to obviously find art because you couldn't go anywhere. You really couldn't, um, you know, go and explore and get inspiration that way. So it was very much being stuck on my phone scrolling and scrolling through related artists related off i like keep just going down that rabbit hole of related artists that was very difficult um and it was really it was a hard thing to kind of nail the album as a whole because i think the title and the image should really reflect the story you're telling it should be a great idea of kind of the space that you're giving and the atmosphere that you're giving and I just couldn't find one for a very long time because it just wasn't what I was after and it wasn't what we were seeing. And so it was very difficult. But in the end, we found it. And I think it kind of, you know, represents the angel aspect of the title where it's still kind of elusive and it's still a bit theatrical, but it's still dark. And that was like a lot of things we wanted to tick off. Mm-hmm. Um, but the album name specifically was more based on the song um because the song was named before the album was named um and that i think ethan i'm not a big fan of like titling the album after a song it's just mm-hmm. not really my thing but ethan kind of said to me that this song was so important because it was in the writing process it was a very hard song to crack it was a very light bulb moment as a duo of songwriters so it was really a song that's dedicated to us to show off the album and also heroin, obviously female hero in a way. Um, it was kind of based off um, a lot of the inspiration I got from female vocalists on this one. So it was just a bit of a tip of the hat as that's well. Super cool. Aww, that's um, good. So can you tell us a little bit about your writing process uh, for this album? And I definitely would like to dive into heroin since you guys said it was such like a difficult song to crack for you guys. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, the writing process was also a nightmare. I think a lot of this is going to just, <laughs> just lockdown, dude. Honestly, yeah. it was fucking nightmare. I mean, like we did a lot of writing from home. Like it was a lot of distant 
writing, but that also kind of helps. So the way we normally used to write is we get in a room with Cage, who is our bassist who produced um, and mixed and mastered The Dark Pool, our first record. Um, and we go to his house, we sit in a room and we nut it out all together kind of thing. And it was always like that. But for this one, um, we kind of had to do it on our own. And uh, Ethan would be writing and sending me demos. And I had to learn how to track vocals and like have my own microphone and kind of make my own process um, over that course of the time. And what we found was that because you're on your own and because you have a lot of time, you're not really worried about wasting people's time when you go off on a tangent when you're going and doing things that you think ah, oh, they're a bit sus or maybe they're not exactly what i'm after but you're not you don't feel like a burden you don't feel judged mm-hmm. because you're just in your own space and you were able to just progress and i felt like that really helped us um get to the places that we might not have been able to without that because you know we're still young and it was still you know, very much daunting to be trying new things in front of your friends. And Mm -hmm. especially as a vocalist, I think as singers would know, or even people that aren't singers, it's like, as soon as you start singing, like in front of people, it's a whole another thing. Like you feel very awkward. Um, And so when you're, when you've already gotten past that basic um, part of it, you are trying in my sense to bring a certain character and sing about certain things in front of your friends, you Mm -hmm. know, and kind of build that character. I don't think I would have got to where I got without that time. So in the instance of heroin as a song though, um, that was written probably, it took us a year and a half to write. I would say it was one of the first songs we wrote. It was just the intro and the verse and that was it for like a year. And we just kept coming back to it. We just kept coming back to it. Um, And finally, I remember sitting with Ethan in a room and he was like, it was at the end of the process, probably one of the last songs we finished. And he was like, ah, this is what it sounds like. This is what it feels like to me. And I was like, ah, interesting. So like this. And he was like, yes, like this. And then we just kept going into that spiral and we kind of clicked in a way that we hadn't before in terms of like the vibe we were after and the mood we were after because we wrote that song to the prom scene in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh. And it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we wrote a lot to film and to imagery and stuff. And that one was a big moment because we wanted it to feel like how that scene made us feel. Oh. And that's where the whole prom vibe came from that song and everything like that. So, yeah. Oh, and that makes sense. I've never heard of that before. That's insane. Yeah, it was wild. It was fun though. That's like, how did you like start implementing that into your your writing process? Did you guys just come together and say, okay, can we just write about this one scene in a movie? Um, that's well. It's uh, Ethan sent me a demo. He sent me the Hellfire Club, the first like 20, 30 seconds of it um with just the kick in riff and it just stops before the verse because uh, that's all we had and um it was called something like the demo name was something stupid and i just immediately i had the title for it mm-hmm. i don't i didn't even look it up like i don't know where that name came from it just something i don't know it just was there and i was like this is what it makes me feel and he was like oh that's cool but then i i saw a, a gif 
on Instagram, just like on the explore page while I was searching for some things. It was like a, a twenties play like the black and white play. And it was Mm -hmm. just a girl ballerina dancing like a young girl and these white sheets just going over her. And she was just doing a little thing. It was just a little loop. And I was like, this is what it makes, this is what it makes me feel like. Um, just because like a lot of my roots are based in like ballet because that's what my sister did. A lot of like the theatrical stuff is from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he just had the big light bulb moment from that. And he was like, whoa, that's kind of what I think. And then we just kept going like that. And just, we really wrote to imagery this time because I, I, I think, you know how you sing of sadness in my experience now after doing that it feels ingenuine because on like sadness is an umbrella to me it's an umbrella term because there is so many different types of sadness Mm -hmm. and they make you feel different things Mm -hmm. and in my opinion of this album the atmosphere that we are creating are little moments little moments of these umbrella emotions and just pinpointing them through imagery and through atmosphere was really important to us because we've done broad stuff before and like we're older now and it was just one of those things that I really wanted to explore. Wow. That's super cool. That's yeah, that's insanely cool. I could listen to you talk about that for hours. I'm not even kidding. That's <laughs> no, honestly, honestly the coolest thing. Tell me ever. if I'm tell me if I'm rambling. It's a no, podcast, man. <laughs> exactly. You're supposed to ramble. It's good. It's oh, good. that's good. That's good. That's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I want you to tell us your favorite lyric off this album and the meaning behind it. Uh, oh, actually, that's easy. Thank God. Because oh. uh, right. I was worried. Mm-hmm. Um, probably the heroin one, Tonight With Me, Former C, is probably one of my favorite because it was kind of a, a metaphor I made up about the friendship I have with Ethan and kind of the bar we set as people um, for the people that we bring close to us. So tonight with me, as in tonight, as in night. So for me, tonight with me, as in to be close to me, to be friends with me, for me to think you are worthy in a mm-hmm. sense, form a C. And pharmacy to me means do the impossible, like want more than you can possibly get, push Mm -hmm. yourself, like want everything, show me your ambition, show me your life, you know, really give me everything. Otherwise, like you aren't going to be here for me. Mm -hmm. And that's really what that song means to us. It was kind of a really good, friendship moment where we were able to just drop our guard a lot about you know I write the vocals and the lyrics and he writes this and he writes this it was like because we've been friends since we were like 15 14 or something Mm -hmm. um and so it was like a really big like we're adults now we know our skills we know what we can do like now it's on to like we've got to write like a duo like this was really important for us to really push and so, yeah, I kind of made that as like a little, just like a little metaphor for our life. Oh, that's a very good lyric. Uh, so how did the track list for the album come about? Did you guys write the opener be the opener, closer be the closer? Did you shuffle around, see what fits? What was that process like? Um, we actually, I think one of the things we really take pride in is this, 
the track listing because I think for us the album is a story arc like that's kind of the point we want you to feel what we want you to feel in a row because that's what it means to us I think one thing we really wanted to get across was that the album is an act one and an act two kind of like a play okay um and so your act one obviously is from the hellfire club to casanova you've got your intermission which is something terrible came with the rain as an interlude and then your act two is from hollywood to heroin um in terms of the track listing of how it came about i i think we always knew that hellfire was going to open the album um as we got further in you kind of start seeing the pieces and you're able to place it a bit. Um, and I think once we really nailed heroin, we knew it was going to be a closer. It's not going to be the closer people are going to appreciate coming out of the dark or like, I understand that, but to us, that's the closer because that's how the story ends. If that makes sense. I think that that's a big moment. Um, I think it's a bigger moment than the where we go course like outro chorus was in my opinion just because that's where the emotion is like that's how the movie would end that's how the mm -hmm. film kind of gets to its highest point so I think it was always that that part was always written and once we got the little ballerina box kind of outro like that was really important to tie it off plus it actually works going back into the hellfire club if you listen to the album twice so it was always like a big deal to do it like that but um i think leather wings was definitely another one cemented because we wanted to just smack everyone in the face on the second track and i really like the idea that the second track is in a single like you're not going into this album knowing what you're going to get because mm -hmm. of the placement of the singles mm -hmm. um i think it should just be as much different stuff and then able to show you but it's it doesn't always work like that but for us that's pretty much as much as we got oh yeah and i really i really do love and like appreciate when like bands are like we made the album so that like the closer like flows perfectly back into the opener it's like one of my favorite things about albums all t of like all time and um the yeah. closer is super cool by do. the way oh thank you yes. i appreciate that uh, so Film is like a really big aspect in this album. Would you guys ever mm. consider making the album into like a short film or are you trying oh, to get I music wish, videos? I wish. If I had the budget to and the time to, mm. I definitely could have. It was it was something we talked about. Like obviously it was something, everything's up in the air, but mm. we're still a very small band, you know, like we're still on our way up. So like options like that are kind of out of reach but i did the best that i could with the videos to try and express the moves that we were after mm -hmm. while also kind of learning as a director because that was like my first big steps yeah. um and, and as a fashion uh, stylist as well it was my first big steps into you know the world of film for myself yeah um but if i got the opportunity to i would have loved to do something like that did you like did you guys pick the the singles to, so that like the music videos themselves could be like the most theatrical and like cover as much of the story as possible? No, nah, I would have done it regardless, I think. I just the stories would have been different because each song has its own story in a sense, like it has its own characters. 
through the lyrics and it has its own moods and aesthetics that I would have um, brought to life if I could. Um, I think one of the most important ones for me personally was Hollywood. Um, I really wanted to show the dynamic storyline of that song just because I thought it was when we wrote it in, in terms of Ethan's kind of writing capabilities, I thought that that was probably one of the coolest structures I've heard of a heavy track. And I was really interested in expressing that through a story or through a just a theatrical performance. And it's like how I want to bring the live aspect to it as well and just showcase, you know, the movement of these structures kind of. So, yeah. All right. Sure. Uh, so would you be able to tell us where Headspace is at while you were creating this album? Not good. Oh, my God, not good. Oh, uh, We were struggling. Yeah, mm-hmm. we were struggling through. And lockdown just, as, as lockdown ruined everyone, like, mm-hmm. it was horrible, especially for creatives and the music industry, just because there was no support, like, let's be real, especially not in Australia. Um, so a lot of friends were struggling financially and everyone was like when are we touring because no no one can just if you are a musician that's what you do and touring is what you do like being stuck in the job instead of the tour is like hell Mm -hmm. especially for us it was really rough and not being able to write in the same room and not being able to see each other was really rough but um you know without it we wouldn't have had the record we have and we wouldn't have got to where we got so it was okay, but I think we were ready to try something new. And I think it really helped in pushing us to that point. Um, and I think it's definitely made us feel better now um, because we're able to go on stage and keep pushing it and mm-hmm. keep pushing forward um, instead of like getting to this point and being a bit nervous and a bit scared about it because, you know, we've just been sitting on it for so long. Mm-hmm. It's been like two years now, I reckon. Oh, God. <laughs> Jesus. Wow. <laughs> um, so how do you recommend your fans to listen to this album for the first time? Should they do it in the car with friends, in the dark with headphones on? Is it a workout album, party album? What do you personally recommend? In my opinion, I, if, I was, if I was to listen to it for the first time, I would say don't think it's the dark pool, first of all. Um, don't think about just the normal shit of like, oh, the mix needs to be crisp and perfect and (laughs) I need to be able to hear this and understand this because it's handed to me because everything is like that these days. Like, it's Mm -hmm. not the point of the record. It's supposed to be grungy, dark, mysterious, ambient, like atmospheric. Like, I really want people to close their eyes, listen to this front to back and let it take, just let it take you. You know what I mean? Like, don't try and find where it's taking you. Just like sit back into it. I think that's what the fun part about music is. And I think that's why I love music. And I think you lose a lot of it now because everything is so readily available. Mm -hmm. Like you just have everything all the time and it makes you forget how important it is. And I think it's just one of those things that I really want people to just take their time with it and just let us, let us give it a shot. And if it isn't for you, it isn't for you. Like there, there is absolutely no hard feelings. It's never going to be like 
oh my God, you don't like it. You don't like it because you're not with us and you're not on Mm -hmm. the same level kind Mm -hmm. of thing. It's not that shit. Like it's really not. It's like, just give us a chance. Just Mm -hmm. let us take you where we think we want to take you and where we think music should be for us right now. And if it's not for you, if it's not for you, if it is, come to a show, give me a kiss. (laughs) Unless you're a girl. (laughs) And then you're not allowed to. (laughs) No. Oh, actually, I like to go back to what you said before we started this question. You said you've been sitting on this record for two years. Is that like it oh, completely no, no, done? No. Not it. Not it completely oh. done. Just no. I think it com- it was completely done mm-hmm. in I want to say uh, October. Okay. You scared so it's still me. Still a pretty long time. Yeah. Yeah. Not two years though. I was worried because I was like, dude, that's a whole album cycle. You could have had another no, one up and it. done. Oh, uh, we couldn't have though, because we couldn't tour it. That's the oh, true. problem. True. God. Mm. Okay. Glad you weren't sitting on it for two years though. God. Oh, just... I've been sitting on the song heroin for two years for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Bits and pieces. I have been sitting on it exactly for two years. Archangel, yeah. the whole song, two years, definitely. Wow. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, so help this. Is <laughs> this a cry for help? <laughs> this is a cry for help. Get me out of here. <laughs> Uh, so this one should be super, super quick. Off top of your head, I want you to describe this album for new listeners in three words. No more, no less. Atmospheric. Mm-hmm. I would say longing, for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, dark. Mm. Those are good. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, so in that same train of thought, is there a certain feeling or emotion you want listeners to have while going through the album? Not really. And that's why I don't like to overextend my stay in describing the lyrical meanings because Mm. I really want people to be able to find their own way. Um, It's just one of those things in music and in lyrics that I think is, it it kind of annoys me as a listener. So I I don't like doing it to others. I kind of, I want you to read the lyrics and tell me what you think it means to you. Because like everything means something different. Even Mm -hmm. if I was to tell you what it means, you still might not get what I mean just because I'm not you. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's worth that. I really like the idea that someone is going to take a metaphor I wrote and think of it in their own life and realize that it means something to them and take it on. Because if, if they were to read that, and it meant something to them for a while and then saw an interview about me explaining what it means, then it's not going to hit the same because Mm -hmm. they're going to be like, oh, actually, that's not what it meant to me. That's, you know, it's one of those sort of things that I don't love doing. I really like the idea that that the audience kind of has to think. And Mm -hmm. it's why I love, (laughs) it's why I kind of do love all the beef around the um, vocal effects at the moment because it's forcing people to read the lyrics. And I think that that's good. And I think that that's something that people don't do enough of. And I think, you know, you should be paying attention to as much stuff as you can if you really enjoy the music and enjoy the band. I think that's kind of the fun part to me, at least. Fair enough. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so what is your favorite memory that you made while creating this album? Oh, when it was over? No. no I'm just <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite memory of this album oh well it was pretty funny 
Uh, we wrote Roar in like two days, maybe less. Honestly, it was wow. probably less than that. It was just, um, we. <laughs> I went to work one day and Ethan was grinding on something he shouldn't have been grinding on because we weren't ready for Roar at all. <laughs> and I get back and he'd finished the song. And he'd put my lyrics from, like, he put my vocals. That chorus was another part. And he put it over this part and he just rearranged and written this whole song. And he's like, hey, look, listen to this. And I (laughs) sat down. I was like, let me have dinner first, man. I've been at work. Like, give me a sec. And then I sat down with my dinner and listened to it. And I was like, shit, it's it's not bad at all. And then I tracked vocals for it and it was done. And that was the quickest turnaround ever. (laughs) <laughs> and then obviously like i'm telling you heroin the song mm-hmm. took mm-hmm. two years so it's, yeah. it's funny how stuff like that works out but it was a pretty funny moment that's great yeah. I'm, I'm shocked that a song like took you guys two days because it seems like every single time you bring up a song you're like yeah this one took me like a year and a half this one took three years oh, you know? oh my god yeah absolutely <laughs> some of them were absolute nightmares but some of them were a really fun writing process that's cool that's good. Uh, so picture this. You're on tour. You're at a gas station for a rest stop. What is your snack of choice? Is it a Bucky's? Is it a Sheets? Come on. I've been to America. You're Let's do a Wawa. Wawa. We're both on yeah. the East Coast here. I ain't going to Wawa. What the fuck? <gasps> Get out. Kick him out. Kick him out. Out to, Im- <laughs> out to imagine just said that Wawa sucks. Your tour manager is fucking wrong. Yeah, that's wrong. That's wrong. Well, I've never been to one. I've never. I don't think we've done one. Well then why are you going around but, saying it sucks just because, because your tour manager says so? Yeah, and he was right about everything. He was right about everything so far. You then, know, I've then got let's, no reason let's to... do. Uh, let, let's do Bucky's then. We've never been, but it it seems like a you've never place. been to Bucky's. No, well, it's East Coast. Yeah. Chipmunk. Yeah, it's a cheap. Oh, yeah, he did the chipmunk. Yeah. Never been. What would I get from there? Well. Hmm. Honestly, nothing I want to tell you because it's all kind of fucked up. I'm going to say like a normal gas station, okay. right? Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If I'm really feeling it, mm-hmm. I would say sour cream and onion. Wait, sour cream and is it sour cream and chives or sour cream and onion, onion. Uh, Pringles? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would definitely get those. I would get, oh, man. I don't want to like dub myself in here. You guys don't really have white chocolate, and I vibe white chocolate. So I got the Hershey's cookies and cream white chocolate. Mm-hmm. That's pretty dope. Yeah. And maybe like a Powerade. All right. Ooh, Sounds okay. good. You know? Yeah. 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 Because yeah. okay. I can't handle too much. It'd just ruin my stomach. That's true. <laughs> I, it'd, it'd be rare. It'd be rare because you're already eating like in and out every day. So I'm like trying not to <laughs> go to a gas station and have the same shit. Fair enough. Exactly. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned white chocolate because I've been my entire family hates white chocolate. So I get a lot of white what? chocolate slander. So and it's uh, personally one of my hate. favorites. Yeah. Right. So thank you. Thank you for the support. It's good. Now we got it. We got to stick together. You know we really do. Yeah. Mm. It's a hard world out there. God. It's a hard world out there. Yeah. So if the band was a dish, what dish would the band be? Mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Just for the fun of it, I want to say a palmer. But mm. hmm, if we were going to be a dish, I think we'd be something sexy. I'm trying, I'm thinking of that, like, I'm thinking of that scene in Ratatouille when he makes Ratatouille. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to say that because it looked sexy when he made it. Okay. And I'm going to stick with that answer. Right. Okay. okay. Veggies. Nice. Uh, mm, veggies, yeah. Mm-hmm. So for the last couple of questions, we're going to shift completely away from music. Uh, 
Fuck. <laughs> Sorry, it's 9 a.m. All right, so for the last couple of questions, we're actually going to shift away from music if that's okay with you. Do I say that now? Yeah, okay. that's how you get into it. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> so for the last couple of questions, we're going to shift away uh, completely away from music and go straight to death row. Boom. So if you're on death row, what would your last meal be with a drink? KFC, for sure. KFC? KFC? Yeah, Australian, Australian KFC, I reckon. All right. Or, or like my mom's um cooking probably like something specific that she'd do she had a couple of dishes but i came home from us and i hadn't had a cooked like meal in a long long time because even before then we don't really eat at the same time and she made me something and it just like blew my mind and my stomach was like what is this real food oh wow all right that's good something like that and what drink i'm gonna die what drink would I have? I don't know. I'm not like a big drink guy. I'd probably just like want an ice water or like a herbal tea, like a Ooh. chamomile tea. Yeah. I'd send me to bed before I die. Oh, it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. fair, right? Uh, so, if you could live in one fictional world for a week, where would you live? Oh, one fictional world in a week. Mm-hmm. Mm, anywhere, any, any. Anyone that where I could have superpowers probably. Ooh, like okay. I would, I would live in Gotham. But if I had superpowers, mm-hmm. and what power would you like want? Gotham would be gross. I, I was going to say teleportation. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to lay it on the table. Everyone's going to say flying, mm-hmm. you know, and all that dumb shit. But I'm telling you, teleportation mm-hmm. is where it's at, and people are missing out because you can just do everything. Yeah. True. Yeah, that's good. Um, right. So I've been asking the last question, and every single person that we've spoken to have said that it is the most important question. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite color? Purple. Ooh. Nice. That's a good color. Insane purple. Maybe a mauve and ma- oh, nah, like a lavender maybe. Ooh. Maybe a mauve. Yeah, I, I love purple definitely. Mm-hmm. All right. Very good color. Uh, so as I said, that's all the questions we have today. Is there anything that you would like to plug? um well raw was released today mm-hmm. um so check that out if you want to uh and the album's out june 3rd and i hope everyone gets a chance to listen to it and see what they think see what they think of spotify compression <laughs> uh all right well thank you for style it's been jacob from thornhill and we have been the good noise podcast